Hello and welcome back to another Continental Breakfast from the Football Bottle. It is Thursday, the 17th of June. Really had to concentrate there because um, I know we've had a few uh, false starts the last couple of nights. <laughs> um, so tonight um, we're recording this just after the Netherlands have beat Austria 2-0. Um, they are through as group winners. Um, and I have with me Paddy. Good evening. Good evening, gentlemen, gentlefolk, kind people, kind squires. Lo- love the vibe already. <laughs> Steve is also here. Steve, how are you? Good. Yeah, here on time this evening. Not like uh, other other shows. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoyed your your guest appearance last night. Just added to the chaos. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that that was the the Phil and Johnny pod. Um, we've got rid of those two lads tonight. <laughs> As you can see, the tone already is completely different with with, with Paddy here. Like, um, yes, I'm sure I'll lower um, it up. Yeah, um, we'll get into some England Scotland chat later, and that's sure to lower the tone. Um, but we're gonna probably quickly look at um, Thursday's games. As I said, Netherlands have just beat Austria. Um, Belgium earlier on um, turned the game around, beat Denmark 2-1. Um, and unfortunately for Steve, um, Ukraine beat North Macedonia 2-1 earlier. And subsequently that means they are out of the tournament, Steve. How are you feeling about that? Look, it's disappointing. Uh, my dark horses basically all fell at the first, first fence. Um, <laughs> it was uh, not, not. I have not covered myself in glory with my outsider tips for this tournament. Um, but I actually thought yeah. this was well. I thought it was a good game. Um, I think it was probably the best of the two PM games so far. Um, mm-hmm. And like you know, we had two missed penalties. Obviously, Macedonia, North Macedonia followed up theirs and scored, but I thought it was an interesting game. Um, I don't know what to make of Ukraine. I don't know if they're okay or not. Um, like, they have, they obviously scored four goals in two games, which is impressive, yeah. but they do look like you can get at them as well. So, is this the, the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer school of management that he's, Shevchenko has concentrated so much on their attacking side, he's forgotten the defensive side? I'm not sure, but um, I don't know. I think they could. There's the kind of team you could see if they got through, like to the the knockout stages. They like unless they're, they're playing, awkward. yeah, unless they're playing Italy, they could be awkward. Like, yeah, they could be awkward. Yeah, um, they they obviously play Austria next, Paddy, and now with with Holland going through as group winners, um. Is it strange that the uh, the position that these two teams are in, <laughs> they they almost kind of would prefer to finish in like a higher third place because they don't want to play Italy. It is it's weird how these things sort of shake down. Um, but I think once you know once you start trying to play for position, that's when you can probably get a bit a bit ahead of yourself for complacency. So it'll it'll be it'll be interesting. It's it's been a it's been a weak group. I heard, I heard. I think it was Pat Nevin called it the the group the group of dearth. Um, and like it is a bit, it is a bit shit. Um, 
you know, so you could really have a draw, probably put both Ukraine and um, and Austria through, really. Um, so I uh, I wouldn't be overly surprised if that is the outcome, some sort of turgid draw. But um, yeah, I thought I thought Ukraine. Like I've only seen highlights of the game. I haven't seen all of that game, but uh, it looked like they had create quite a few chances. Um, and you know they have a few good players. You know, like Malinovsky looks like a great player. I know Juventus. He's at Atlanta at the minute, but I know Juventus are, are linked with him frequently. And then like Yarmolenko is a very good Premier League player, had a good European career, and then Zinchenko. And the players in Chenko higher up, which is something I think will maybe come on to later about Austria. You know, mm-hmm. for me, it's crying out for Alaba, their best player, to be more involved and play higher up the pitch. And that's what Ukraine do with Zinchenko to good good effect. So it was a very, very good win for Ukraine. I'm sorry for uh, for Steve's North Macedonian boys. But, um, you know, I, I, although it didn't count, Pandev's offside goal, that little dink was absolutely delicious. Um, really enjoyed that. Technique, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's good as well. I know Steve referenced it. I think in yesterday's pod about Ukraine's losing streak in European uh, championships, uh, of which Northern Ireland are a part of. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's good to see that they finally finally got a win. And as as you were saying on yesterday's pod, and, and I'll echo it, because um, I know we've 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 uh, we've had a wee look at the the styles and. Uh, and and how handsome some of the managers are, but uh, Andrei Shevchenko, my words, he he looks like he's straight off the catwalk every time. Like big big respect for that. Um, he he might be winning the the most handsome manager competition. Yeah, there's um there's a bit of competition there, isn't there? Like it it could be something um that we focus a pot on when there's uh, when there's no games in between, maybe the last sixteen and the quarterfinals or something. Just just an idea I'm throwing out there. Um, I'm on board. Steve, <laughs> um, Steve, North Macedonia. Do you think they've yeah, probably done themselves proud, haven't they? Yeah, I think they they can't be too disappointed. Like uh, with their performance, they've obviously scored in in both games. I think they've just there's a bit of naivety about them. Um, and obviously, if you're relying on a 37-year-old, you're in trouble to begin with anyway. Uh, I'm just glad for Pandev that he actually got to play in a major tournament. I think that's kind of a win for them. Um, but I don't know. Like th- This is a thing that, that like we, I think we all have our concerns about how good or bad Germany is. But this is a team not too far removed from beating Germany. Um, and I think they will be probably disappointed that they haven't taken any points and that they're out of it after two games. Um, but like, look, qualifying is a success for a lot of these teams, and I think I'd much rather qualify and have like that kind of tag of dark horses the way, or maybe underdogs that North Macedonia did, than be like a Poland or an Austria that consistently qualify for these things, and then just might as well not be there when they actually happen. Um, so I, you, I, I, I hope they get something out of their last game because you'd assume. You'd assume there'd be like wholesale changes made, um, and that um, the Netherlands will kind of rotate heavily. Uh, I think don't think the because of it's head to head, isn't it? So the Netherlands are guaranteed to finish top, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like they're gonna they're gonna rotate really heavily. I think um, with with the knockout stages in mind, and you think North Macedonia will 
will will fancy themselves to get something out of that game. And I think it'd be a shame if they were to finish without without any points. Um, yeah. Although if you've gotten if you've drawn Macedonia in your sweep, you're probably hoping they do because they're they're probably along with Turkey maybe nailed on to 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 finish last and get your money back if you're if you're in one of those cities. So. I think uh, I think it's a a good advert as well just to to, to mention up for the Nations League like they were the qualifiers from the lowest group in the Nations League and they haven't disgraced themselves. You know they were coming out of being in competition with the likes of Gibraltar and San Marino and Liechtenstein and all these guys, and they came in and didn't disgrace themselves and have been a valuable addition to the tournament. So it's a good advert for those lower tier teams that it's a good way to try and push push teams on internationally. Um, which I really like that idea that some of these lower teams, you know, will qualify from pot day. Yeah, that's that's one of the uh, the Nations League gets a lot of criticism, but that is one of the good points about it. Like I actually I don't overly mind the Nations League. Um, but yeah, um, then after that, that that last game actually North Macedonia, the Netherlands should be a bit of a should be a bit of a celebration. Like it would be great as you said, Steve, if North Macedonia in Amsterdam, you know, in front of a big crowd, got something out of that game, playing one of the one of the big boys. Um, that'll be nice to see because um, they have been like they've been a bit of a breath of fresh air. I've enjoyed. Seeing a completely new team, um, and um, after that game earlier, we had Denmark Belgium, um, and first half it was really like there's no other way to describe this on uh, AFL was not ready for channel, but it was a real game of two halves. Uh, Denmark were absolutely electric in the first half and deserved to. To go in and put, like, I mean, the start of the game was, was class. Um, and then obviously we had the whole, um, minutes of applause for Ericsson and stuff, which was great. Um, the, we saw a celebration from, from Poulsen after his goal after two minutes. Um, and then we probably saw what, what is going to be the real Belgian, um, series. Uh, you know, in the second half, they brought on De Bruyne. Uh, um, or defraud, as as someone on this podcast calls them, um, and they brought on Hazard. Um, they looked a different outfit in the second half, and they looked maybe like they could. Um, they finally turned it on. Yeah, I was chatting to someone uh, on on text this season, and he was saying that oh, this is like. A really, really good um, management from Martinez to turn this game around, and I was like, he brought on two of the highest-paid players in the world. <laughs> it's not really fucking rocket science in what he did, uh, but it did make a difference. I thought Hazard, um, Hazard made. Uh, I think Hazard had probably had as much of an impact as De Bruyne, and people would probably give De Bruyne a lot of the credit because obviously he scored one goal. Um, but I thought Hazard looked much a much better player than he has done with Real Madrid. Um, yeah. But I do think I think it was the best game of football we've seen in the tournament so far. And I think it's worth pointing out that the crowd played a massive role in that. Like, um, and in our regular kind of or sorry semi regular section called "What the fuck are RTE playing at?" Uh, <laughs> Adrian Eames, uh, the commentator. Uh, described Christian Eriksen as the heartbeat of the Danish team 
uh, in in comms. Um, that was unfortunate. Um, Just like I'm sorry, but surely that is one of the things you write down on your notes <laughs> not to say. Actually, yeah. Before we're going into that. And he talked about how Denmark were showing lots of heart at one stage in the first half as well. So like there was just it was just a, a catastrophe of errors. But no, I I I thought like that is ominous that that like Denmark could play so well in that first half and didn't start the second half too badly. But the the difference in quality when De Bruyne and Hazard kind of made themselves felt. Um, and I thought Lukaku was quiet, but then he turned up when he needed to. Um, I still, I think Denmark would be really unhappy that like Schmeichel arguably is has been at fault for two of the three goals Denmark have conceded. I thought he was poor on um, on that second goal because I thought he should have seen that the defender had the cross shot, the shot across goals covered, and yet he shifted all his weights to dive as if it was going to be in, uh, across the goal shot. And then beaten at his near post uh, because his weight was completely wrong, um, and I thought that was disappointing from from his point of view because obviously he did so well from a non-football point of view the other day, and I think he got all the praise he should have gotten. Um, but I think yeah, it's ominous for the rest of the the rest of the tournament that Belgium can kind of. I wouldn't say they were poor in the first half. I just think they were outplayed, and yet they still had there was the ability to bring Kevin De Bruyne and Aiden Hazard off the bench and, and make that much of an impact. Barry, do you think we'll see those boys start from now on? Do you think they're sort of at the right fitness level? Yeah, yeah. I'd be surprised if you didn't see them start. It must be... I'm surprised they waited a wee bit to bring Hazard on and they seemed to bring De Bruyne on a wee bit, a wee bit earlier, if memory serves. So I don't know if mm-hmm. maybe that is a... Indication that De Bruyne is maybe slightly more fit than 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 Hazard, but um, like I, I t- totally agree with what you said. The first twenty minutes or so of that game was like probably the most like electric, scintillating football. It was just like everything. It was the, the sunshine, Emotional. colors, emotion. Like nearly a, practically what looked like a full crowd, and like you know whenever people just play like they're possessed, and that and that was kind of what. We were all hoping Denmark would what sort of a show they would put on today as as a tribute to to Ericsson. and they were unbelievable that first twenty minutes like just the the high press Belgium couldn't get out couldn't get out of their half Lukaku was totally stranded getting big lumps up front that you know big lumps up front for him to control that were just nothing balls and he he sort of cut a frustrated figure but um yeah it was you know. The quality coming off their bench is absolutely frightening, but I suppose one of the things, yes, it does look ominous, I totally agree, but which we have touched on numerous times, Belgium were susceptible for Tongan. I think at one stage, I can't remember who it was in comedy, said it looks like he's towing a caravan because he could not get near Damsgaard, like he was t- yeah. so slow, um, and that is an area that, that uh, you know, all of our predictions have have been quite poor so far, but that's something that we have pinpointed as a weakness in this Belgium side, and that will continue because you know they played played Russia, isn't that right? Mm-hmm. The Russia they played in the first game, and then Denmark, and like neither you sort of are sort of have electric pace really in their in their side. So it'll be interesting when they come up against someone, you know, Germany with a Werner or France with Mbappe or England with Sterling or whoever that can really exploit that a wee bit more. I think on De Bruyne, the man is a freak. 
Like he is so so good. Like I very few players, you know, I enjoy watching more. Maybe well Messi because he's the complete alien, but. De Bruyne is just unbelievable. He does things that no one else does. Like, whenever that ball came to him for the goal that he set up for Sorgan Hazard, 99% of footballers, amateur or professional, would have slapped that first time. He didn't. Takes a, takes a lovely first touch, lifts it over players. Then he has, then he has a choice to make for second touch. Again, the other 0.999% of players would slap it second time towards the goal. He actually picks out a pass. And it's just... So, so good. Uh, I just love that bit of play and obviously a strike for the for the second goal. Yes, he was beaten at his near post and that seems to be a stick that keepers are, are beaten with often. But the way he hits that, like it, it, it starts so far out, it's hit so low. It actually, it doesn't even go on ground. It bounces on the line, but mm. it just goes like a laser. And technique-wise, for that to be coming across him on this bad foot at pace, it is just flawless and... I just loved watching him when he came on, and yeah, uh, I can't wait to see him a wee bit more in the tournament. But yes, Belgium, I still think have deficiencies, and I, I don't, I, I don't see them winning the competition. I don't see them. I think they'll struggle, as I said, when they come up against someone with a bit of a quicker backline. Yeah. But until until then, we'll enjoy watching Kevin De Bruyne, and this is where I'll put in the dig the Mo Salah. <laughs> I know, I know, I know that. Uh, Phil has a very unpopular opinion that De Bruyne is a fraud, which I disagree with. But obviously, I have a very unpopular opinion that Mo Salah is is pulling the wall over everyone's eyes. So I put that in just for Phil that uh, we maybe have have uh, strange views on, on on good players. Yeah, I don't. I don't actually know why people listen to this podcast. Um, with some of the views <laughs> well, we throw well, that's a good a good point as well because uh, one of you guys I can't remember who it was maybe it was Phil put in a photograph early on of the Bruyne Lukaku and Hazard together in Chelsea gear actually Salah as well fits in <laughs> as well, four, yeah. four Chelsea players um, yeah you know not sure I think done, haven't done too badly <laughs> yeah it's it's probably fair to to put Lukaku and, and De Bruyne in there but like you can't beat me with the Hazard stick like he was so successful as <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I think they sold at the right time there. Like, um, Maybe yeah, it's a podcast for the summer, but are Chelsea Europe's most successful feeder club? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Here, I, I'd, I'd be on that podcast, surely. <laughs> um, well, you have to be a feeder club when they sign everyone. Yeah, everyone exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute um, player hoover. Yeah, we, we'll quickly move on, I think. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, get to the game that we've all just watched um, which was again another um, prediction of ours that um, Phil thought the Netherlands were I think he is a direct quote was stink the gap out um, <laughs> probably been yeah they've probably been one of the most impressive teams so far like I've enjoyed watching both of their games obviously that that um, Ukraine game was was a bit mad because it was three two, um, but I think they're really they're really nice to watch going forward. Steve, yeah, I, I I've liked watching them. I've enjoyed both their games. Anyway, I didn't think Austria brought much to the kind of party tonight. Like, but um, where I think they're, I wouldn't say they're better than Italy, but they're more efficient than Italy have been. Like they've they've scored almost as many goals, but with far far fewer chances. 
And I know the, the pie, the pie missed in the after, or Memphis as he, as he should be called because that's what he wants to be called. And um, Memphis missed an absolute sitter this evening and it probably should have been 3-0 really in total. But, um, I thought they were quite good. Um, and again, another team that like probably not at their best just yet. There's probably more to come. Um, I thought like the board gets a lot of kind of grief maybe for his, not having the experience or, and I know even the Dutch fans probably aren't, weren't the biggest fans of the appointment, but I thought his substitutions were quite good. Um, and obviously they, you know, almost made an, an immediate impact in terms of the, 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 the change of the game. So I, I don't know. I think you'd be happy enough if you were a, a Dutch fan so far. Um, again, Austria are very hard to judge by, but we, I think we saw enough quality from Ukraine today and in the first game to think that was a really good win. Um, and it's worth it's worth keeping an eye on this team. They're not a team I think any of the the tournament favourites would would like to be playing in the in the next round or the round after. Yeah, I, I actually, you know, I really like the look of them. Um, I think that some other things like Paddy had you'd obviously touched on Belgium maybe being slow and a bit dodgy at the back. Um, I think that three at the back that he's playing. I know that it's not necessarily the the fans' choice, but I thought Delect it was in particular fantastic tonight. Blind always looks looks solid to me, um, and diverse as well. Like when he, um, he, he, I think he was breaking forward there, um, trying to get a goal, and like the idiots must. Um, but they look solid right throughout uh, that spine. De Jong, uh, Frank De Jong was was super tonight. Um, when Alden again was very impressive, and obviously you've mentioned the pay. And Whitehorse as well, like he, he's maybe not the prettiest footballer, but he does do the the job um, that they want him to do up there. Like he, he holds the ball up, he brings the pay in when Alden gets very high and round him. Um, I, I don't know, you're bound to be looking at Wayne Alden and thinking, Jeannie, could you not have, could you not have stayed? Because he, he looks, he looks really, really good. He's been one of the most impressive players so far, I think. Absolutely, like he's been been incredible. I was actually talking about that with my brother tonight. Like I would, I would happily see him. Obviously, it's too late now, but you know, I would happily have seen him stay. He, he he's unreal, and his stats, like in terms of his ball retention under pressure, his stats are like you know one of the highest, um, one of the highest in the Premier League. He just doesn't really lose the ball very often, um, and yeah, he, he's very good. And there's a nice wee mix in that midfield of sort of. Um, you know, Gail as well, like De Jong, as you said, like he's lovely to watch the way he turns on the ball and stuff. He's just incredible. And Veghorst up front seems to just make players play better around him, like a Giroud or a Heskey type, you know, just hold the ball up and bring players in. And, you know, the three at the back allows Van Anholt and Dumfries to get forward. And Dumfries obviously got his goal in the end and he was up and down all night. Like, like um, I, think I, saw, I think I saw this mentioned one time in Northern Ireland played. Holland that they didn't expect Dumfries and Memphis to be so close together, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, he 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 had some engine on him. On him. Yeah, really, really impressive so far. Um, okay, I think we will maybe move on. We'll probably talk for far too long, right? Um, but that's just what happens. Um, we will move on to. Well, depending on when you're listening to this, um, tomorrow's games, today's games, um, Slovakia and Sweden. Um, Slovakia obviously beat Poland in the first game, 
Um, I know Poland had a man sent off, but what uh, an opportunity this is, um, Paddy, for, for them to, to get six points on the board. Yes, fantastic opportunity. Um, I, th- I think they're, they're a fairly, fairly limited set. I keep on mentioning Northern Ireland because I think I just look at international football through that lens because that's what I've seen it through my whole life. But but thought Slovakia were thoroughly unimpressive when they played the playoff final against us in Belfast and we really, really should have beaten them. Um, but yeah, Sweden are no great checks. Like, um, they're very, very beatable. So yeah, even a point from that from Slovakia will probably see them through in some way, which which would be an amazing achievement for them. Uh, I can't believe Sebastian Larsson's still playing international football. It feels like he's been around forever. Um, so he'll be playing on the right side of the midfield. And yeah, it doesn't look like the Sweden team has has a whole whack of goals in it. Like, but um, yeah, I think it for all would be a, a very a very acceptable result for for Slovakia. So this is obviously you know. It's an important game, this because say you uh, Spain were, and I, I actually did. If you go back and listen, did tip Spain to to disappoint, um, and I know they were, you know, they passed the ball around. They're like nice at times against Sweden, but um, if Slovakia can win this game, um, you know, it looks like they'll they'll probably top that group, and you know, therefore. Get a better, better run on it. And going into this, like, you would have thought this group, I think, has been disappointing so far. You would have thought Poland with Lewandowski, Spain with the amount of talent they have available to them. You wouldn't have looked at this after, um, two games and thought Slovakia will top this group. Yeah, especially with the form that Slovakia came into the tournament in. Like, they, they, what, dropped four points against Malta and Cyprus? It doesn't exactly scream, um, you know, championship form, but I think they've got a massive chance against Sweden. I thought Alexander Isaac was, was okay. Um, until they took him off. Until they took him off, yeah. Um, it's a team to me that the fact that they were considering Ibrahimovic up until he got injured tells you a lot about where they are. They feel like a team in transition and this is a tournament that really is coming at an awful time for them. Um, and I thought, like, Victor Lindelof won man of the match against Spain. I didn't realise that until this morning. And it's like, Victor Lindelof shouldn't be winning man of the match in any game of football. Like, I mean, he's an awful, awful player. Um, shouldn't be on the pitch. Yeah, well, yeah, I, that's, that's a different argument, but yeah. Um, but like, I think this, I think both teams will probably look at this game and go, right, this is our chance. And I think that's what's going to make it a, a, probably an interesting game. Um, because that group is there for taking. Like, I mean, yes. you know, it's what, you know, 3, 1, 1, and 0 in terms of points won. So, like, Poland theoretically could find themselves topping the group at the end of match day two. Like, if, if results go their way, I, I don't think so. But, um, I think this is, this is going to be a decent game because of that. And I got, I got a bit of pushback for saying North Macedonia, Ukraine would be decent and it turned out fine. So I, I'm hoping that, you know, stop clocks and all that. Yeah, um, I think we're. What, what do you, what do you both make of the we're starting to see and hear a, a kind of a general theme about the tournament that the the third place finishes of making teams play 
more negatively. Do you think? Do you think there's anything in that, or do you think we you would always get that at, at any international tournaments because teams just want to they don't want to go out so early? I think the fact that some groups are going to have three teams through and some aren't, I think that does encourage slightly more conservative play. Um, I think if it was only two teams out of every group. I think you probably would see a little bit less hesitancy to, a lot of teams are playing not to lose rather than playing to win. Um, I think we saw that with Sweden against Spain the other night, especially like, so I think that's a fair, I think that's fair criticism and I think it is something that organizers need to look at because naturally tournament football rewards negative play. Uh, we saw that with Greece. <laughs> we saw that with Greece most especially. Um, Portugal too, yeah, you're right, yeah, you're dead right, Portugal too. Um, so I think, I think it is something that needs to be looked at, but I don't, I don't blame teams for, for, for doing the rest to make sure that they have at least a chance on match day three rather than be, you know, thinking about their holidays already. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, sort of suggests that a win, one win, so three points and a sort of Neutral goal difference will probably get you a place in in the last sixteen. Like so, yeah, it, it it probably does does lead to more, you know, negativity. Like as as you touched on Poland being uh, in the last tournament qualified with three draws and ended up winning the thing. So, um, you know, there probably is an element of of of, of overly defensive tactics as a result. Yeah. Um, I think it was Miguel Delaney was putting up about this earlier on Twitter, and um, don't think he's Johnny's best mate for some reason. Uh, you know, there's there's, there's a list, um, Darth Mud's list of all the people he gets on Twitter. But um, somebody replied to it and said two worst group winners and the six runners up playoff to join the four best group winners in the quarterfinals. Is that like relatively simple? It sounds simpler to me, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, like it—it it gives you kind of incentive within the group to to go to, to go to win the game, basically, right right up until the end. Um, but yeah, um, I but digress. Then, like you benefit from like I, we obviously like we could spend a whole podcast on that, but you benefit then from an easier draw. The draw becomes like the be all and end all. Like if someone gets a, a a Nations League qualifier, obviously Nart Mustard only haven't been that bad, but like theoretically that team could be atrocious and you could put up three or four goals in them and then all of a sudden you're a good winner. Um but I do think something something positive needs to be encouraged rather than it. It's like I think it's a bit like the silver goal. Theoretically it should have encouraged more positive play, like having some third team third place teams going through should. But Naturally, football because it's a low-scoring game encourages defensive play, and that's what we're seeing. Maybe we need yeah. uh, like rugby uh, bonus points yeah. for uh, winning by a certain amount of goals, or uh, you get uh, docked points for having like Sweden fifteen percent possession. That's where we're going, lads. Bonus I like it. Yeah, the, the possession and the passes completed and stuff like it'll it'll probably go. There was. I can't remember now. I'm not going to remember at this stage. There was a game maybe yesterday or the day before. The passes were... Was it the Italy game? There was just such a difference in the, the team that controlled possession. Oh, I think yeah. it was like 500 passes difference. It was something stupid. Um, 
Yeah, I think yeah, it was a team that had like eight completed passes, and that was kind of like <laughs> decent. You know, it was really, really bad. Um, yeah, um, I think on your point as well, like football could probably take a lot um, from rugby. Um, if you look at VAR, the way they do it, if you look at the head injuries, um, which is something we've discussed in the last couple of days as well, like there's just, um, it just seems so much further forward and I don't know why football hasn't caught up again, probably another podcast um, but yeah, uh, we get on to Group D um, tomorrow two games in Group D 5 o'clock is Croatia against Czech Republic, Czech Republic obviously um, beat Scotland 2-0 in the first game um, again probably an incentive to, for them to to go top with six points, and I would imagine we'll see a response from Croatia after that, that performance in the first game. Yeah, I think I think that um, I think two 0 really flattered Czech, the Czechs against the Scots. Like I really don't think they were they were they were good value for that. Obviously, Czech took both of his goals very well, and the second one probably wouldn't happen if they played another hundred times. But um, yeah, I, I, I fancy the, the Croatians to come back and and uh, and, and win this game, um, and, and sort of that that would sort of blow the blow the group open a wee bit. Um, so I, I could see that happening uh, t- tomorrow, but but probably a good game. But I fancy Croatia to, to shade that. See, I thought Croatia were really poor. Uh, against England and I think too much was made of like a game that happened three years ago uh, in that especially um, I think it's funny because there's a lot of talk about Euro 96 because England are playing Sweden but Euro 96 was such a landmark tournament for both of these teams because they basically as countries had only just come into existence uh, and they both qualified for 96 Um, I think I think yeah, Paddy's right. Two 0 probably flattered the the Czechs against Scotland, but I I was just I thought Croatia were really lethargic the other day. This this smacks of a nil nil draw to me. I think. Yeah, um, the the overhype in England, like uh, I know we're obviously used to it, but um, that game. Well, like the the same amount of shots, same amount of shots on target. I'm talking about England, Croatia. You know, Croatia had more of the ball, more passes, um, better pass accuracy. You know, and you know, I don't know if was it Chiellini or Benucci said England were the best team you've seen so far. It's bound to be main games, that way. That's yeah. absolutely main games, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no way uh, um, after saying. You know some of the other performances, like um, the Netherlands, for example, and, and Belgium were were pretty impressive in the first game too. That you come out of that round one saying England were were the most impressive team you've seen. Um, but yeah, that's um, that, that. I think that's. I kind of think the Czech Republic um, could be on the on the crest of a wave. You know, um, I agree with Steve. I don't think Croatia. Um, looked good at all, um, and and, I don't, and that's why I think you know a lot has been made. Too much has been made of that England performance because Croatia weren't great, and yet they still put up you know similar numbers to England. Um, I can see you know Czech Republic 
getting getting someone out of that game, um, and that will then make hopefully that happens because that will then make the the Czech Republic England game, which is a lot last game of that group, very interesting. Um, and then the the one that's been talked about for seems like months, probably has been months. Um, tomorrow evening or tonight at eight o'clock for listening on Friday. England, Scotland, uh, Wembley, Paddy, can Scotland need to do something, don't they? Oh, they, they really do. Like, it was such a kick in the teeth for them, uh, the, the, the game against the Czechs. Um, yeah, it, I'm really looking forward to it. It will be spicy. I think there's going to be some big challenges, and there may well be a red card in this game. Um, but I. I just have a wee sneaking suspicion that Scotland might be able to get something from the game. Um, you know, I think it sounds like they're going to have, uh, you know, a presence down in London with their fans and things. And I think I just think they're good enough to get something. I, I would like to see, I would like to see Che Adams start this game. I think you know Dykes is a, 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 is very willing, and uh, but I just don't think he has the quality of of Adams, and I think he could potentially stretch them a wee bit more and, and run the channels a bit better. So. I wouldn't mind seeing him start for the Scots, and you know the, the talk is Tierney, Tierney could be back, and you know there are a few nice technical players in midfield, and uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be be interesting. I would love to see them get something from the game. I would love to see them at Scotland win the game. Um, obviously, they're, they're far far from favourites, that's for sure. Yeah. I think Johnny Johnny's hearing from is in the no boys on Twitter that uh, that Tierney is going to be fit, so hopefully that's right. Um, but like as you said, Steve, <clears throat> Scotland had chances in that game um, against Czech Republic, and if um, I was going to say if Maguire is not back for England, but even if Maguire is back for England, um, that English defence can be got out, can't it? I think so. I think so. I think that's the. I think the keeper in defence is where it's at its weakest. I think the kind of front seven are are kind of okay, and you can you kind of make an argument that they're up there with the best teams in the tournament. But I think at the back, they're they're definitely there. Uh, my only concern is that like, like I feel like Scotland lack the quality. I thought they were okay against Czech Republic, and they did definitely create chances, but. It feels like the, they're going into this game and it's relying on hope and passion and like Paddy said, maybe like niggling an England player into getting himself sent off or something like that. And I don't know, like I don't know if that's a great way to go into a, a game of football. Um, but that said, like you can imagine this game at sixty minutes, say, and it's nil nil with, a, with a, a decent crowd at Wembley starting to get nervous. Like then, that's the sort of atmosphere that Scotland can definitely build off and 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 kind of push for a, a, an upset. But my worry is that England score early, and then that could it could be three or four. Like if England do that, because I think England have that gulf in class. But Tierney is a massive thing if he plays or not. Like it, it has a huge impact, and we saw with the game the other day, they tried to play the same style of football that they would have with Tierney in the team with him not there and that just doesn't work you know you have to you kind of have to adapt to um the, the personality you have and 
it'll be interesting then if he, if he doesn't play, do they go that little bit more defensive and try and get the draw and then focus on the last game uh, against Croatia? But that's a dangerous game to play as well because you know they will know the the Czech Republic Croatia game uh, yeah. results. So I think that actually like it's worth pointing that could have an influence in this. Like if 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 Czech Republic win that game, then Scotland will say to themselves, okay. We absolutely have to take something um, from this game, and and I don't know. Like, part of me thinks that there could be an upset in it, but part the the realist has seen like this England team is it seven wins in a row with like one goal conceded. Like they're on a decent run of form. Um, England are like England can be much much better than I think they were in the first game against Croatia. Like I think they're. Very, very good side, and that's why I sort of—I I didn't want to go full hog, but I sort of tipped them at the start in our preview pod. Um, but yeah, I—I'm I, definitely—I'm falling into your your train of thought there about England could romp it. Yeah, uh, and I hope that doesn't happen. Um, but if do you think like Scotland will? They, they will hype, hype up that whole emotion thing and try and use that to carry them through. Um, I think Steve Clark has, you know, I mean, even in terms of the team selection, Steve Clark has said, like, the, you know, there might, there probably will be changes. I think, I can't remember the exact reason, but, um, it's probably, yeah, like, say, Adams will more than likely start here if Tierney comes back in. I think that automatically, those two changes make them stronger. And, yeah. They'll go on the on the front foot from the word go. Do you think they'll do that, or be or be cautious? I think I think you can. I think you can get at this England team. I think because of what we we spoke about. I think you'd if if, if I'm Steve Clark, I want to be testing Pickford. Um, I want to be I want to be putting crosses in um, and and seeing how to deal with it as well. Like so I think they I, I think the best way to get at this England team is actually to go at them. It's not to sit back. Like we saw with Croatia, they will eventually create a chance. There's enough quality up front for them that they will create a chance and they will score. So the danger of sitting back and letting the game come to you is that England will beat you one or two nil. Like I think it's worth the risk of, of, of bringing the game to them. Um Especially, especially, like, these games, like, England and Scotland don't play each other in competitive fixtures all that often, do you know? Like, these games don't come around very often, I think it is worth, like, I'm not one who usually plays up the emotion of a sporting event, like, these are professionals, but I think you get the sense from the, the Scottish players, not the English players, I think the English players are treating this as just another game, but you get the sense from the Scottish players that this means more um, and that will have to have an effect I think and I think the only way to kind of bottle that is by being attacking and putting yourself on the front foot so I hope they do that but I can't shake the feeling that this is going to be from a neutral point of view and I say neutral in inverted commas because um, I very much want Scotland to win um, I think this could easily turn into a row for England if, if they score early we will find out very shortly. Um, I think yeah, we'll, uh, we'll Brandon, like, Brandon uh, you're maybe yeah. more in the know than I am with this, but is there any? I've heard wee bits of murmurings about Billy Gilmore maybe being included. Like that would be a massive call, obviously, for a young fella in a game like this. 
Yeah. Do you think if he was thrown in there, he'd be up to it? I think so. Yeah, he's he's as as you know, like he's come in to some some massive games for Chelsea, and he's looked at home. Um, he's also you know a lot of these players are Premier League players. He's, he knows them. He's uh, he's used to playing again, um, and I think he he'd be perfect in there to um, you know he, he's for for being so young. I think he's he's very. Um, he takes care of the ball very well, um, and he, as you already mentioned, like it's going to be a bit of a chaotic game. He, he's definitely someone who can get his foot on the ball. Cam Cam Scotland down, maybe when the, you know the heads could possibly go and um, be the the centre of stringing a few passes together. Because I think if he if he sits there, it, it kind of allows McCall to go a wee bit um, and I think we, we probably saw him sit a bit too deep in the first game McTominay like I would I, I think he's been good for United when he's actually got further forward from what I've seen of United I don't know Steve maybe you no, I completely agree. That as well. yeah he's a better player when he's given that more attacking role uh, and I think that's what Scotland should use him as yeah um, so with you know if they're going to play that same um, three in, in midfield as in you know the the formation. Um, Billy Gilmore could, could easily sit there and, and McGinn and McTominay gives them a bit of license to to go then. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've I've heard a couple. It could have been Pat Nevin, um, and obviously that would make sense with the with the Chelsea yeah. link. Um, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Ho- ho- I'd love to see him start. Like if they bring him, Adams and Tierney in, there's a lot of quality coming into your team. Love to see it. Yeah, um, can't cannot wait for that one. Um, should be, you know, obviously there's the the emotion involved, but it should be a good watch anyway. I think, and uh, especially the West Scotland are sitting in that group. Um, they probably need to go out and get something. Um, so yeah, we will be uh, looking at that. Tomorrow, um, we'll be reviewing those games that we just mentioned. Um, we'll also be looking ahead to Hungary, France, um, another tasty one in Portugal, Germany, and Spain, Poland as well on Saturday. Um, lads, thanks for joining, Steve. I think we'll we'll probably see you at some stage next week or hear from you. Um, um, Sunday probably before I'm back, or Monday probably Monday morning. Yeah. Um, We'll probably have a couple of the couple of clowns back over again. So forward to that. Um, I would uh, I would like to hear Philly uh, defend himself about De Bruyne in the next pod. Uh, eagerly eagerly await that. Yeah, we're, we're, I've absolutely taken note of that now, and I'm also um, wanting him to apologise for his take on the Netherlands. Um, so there's a list developing. Um, <laughs> cheers. Um, or join tonight, lads. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, we, I, I know I'm thoroughly enjoying these calls every night. Um, it's a great way to, to round up um, all the fixtures. Um, thanks for listening. Um, you can catch us everywhere at the Football Babble Pod um, on Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon is patreon.com forward slash football babble. And don't want to hear any of that other nonsense. Um, <laughs> cheers for listening we will see you again soon good luck